0: This is the other Texas drought. Since 2005, 24 rural hospitals have shuttered in Texas. That's more than any state in the entire country. Our team at Texas Tech Public Media and the Texas Newsroom partnered with PBS Frontline and the American Public Media Research Lab to find out what's going on. First, I took us to Bowie, where the small town recently lost its hospital. But at least they've got their ambulance for emergencies. Some places, like Rawls, might lose even that. We're now in Rawls, almost four hours west of Bowie, in one of the many small towns in West Texas. Uh, Mayor Don Hamilton hosts a city hall meeting on a hot Tuesday evening this past July. Nearly two dozen people are here. They all know each other. Some are young, some are older... They're all here for the same reason. Their emergency medical services, or EMS, which includes their ambulance, paramedics, and medical equipment, are all in jeopardy. Here's Mayor Hamilton again.
1: The city council has no obligation to respond our questions from the public.
0: Four days before this meeting, Mayor Hamilton abruptly closed the station temporarily. Now, days later, he's facing the public. Uh, the week of January the 25th. The EMS station is right outside these doors. It's the only medical access in town. They don't have a hospital or even a small clinic, so their EMS is how they get medical care.
1: Oh, I wanted to know, did was a committee formed to look into this situation? I
0: can't answer. You can't answer? I can't see okay, I, can. I thought this would be an answer to what the committee had found. As the city council remains quiet, the residents ask for answers. Some of them express the impacts of such a sudden decision. One resident mentions how the decision already affects her family. The day after we suspended our annuals, my mother fell, And, you know, it just broke my heart that I didn't feel like I could just... pick And I know I could have called my The population in the town is less than 2,000. They all depend on their single ambulance since they don't have a hospital for themselves. And
1: which was in about two thousand seven, two thousand eight. And my mother
0: uh, was had had truck we found out it was blood clot. And we called it Ross, England. They got there in time, right? able to so her blood oxygen level was like at forty five when they got there. They were able to get her to the hospital and save her life. I saved her life. Happens- Accessing health care is an issue seen around the state, and it's amplified by not having EMS stations. Data from APM Research Lab shows that among the 71 Texas counties that don't have a hospital, 12 of those also don't have an EMS station. All right. Uh, I just passed a sign saying I'm about to get into Rawls. Um, Rawls is about 30 minutes east of Lubbock, and at this time of the year, it is surrounded by rows and rows of West Texas-grown cotton and wheat. When I visited Rawls back in June, my destination was the EMS station. This truck is it's about three years old, so we're still paying it off. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Like, that, that monitor is the new one that we just had a grant for this year. Um, that we were forced to buy in order to stay in state compliance. Oh. Sarah Jamerson was the director of the EMS station when we first met in April. Her family roots run deep in Rawls. Her grandmother helped the city start the EMS station in 1973. So we had to come up with a way to buy a $33,000 piece of equipment. She gave me a tour of the town's only ambulance and guided me through the truck in June. This service is part of my family's legacy. But this is the
1: service that's responsible for
0: taking care of my family. You know, yeah. like, if something would happen to my daughter or my grandmother or my aunt and uncle or something, like, if no one's there to answer the call, like, they're the ones that are going to be left in the lurch. Aside from being the director, she was also working full-time for another EMS station in Lubbock, 40 minutes away, as well as holding certification classes to train new paramedics and raising a young daughter with her wife. It was an emotionally daunting task for her to take on. There's not enough help here. It takes up too much of my time. It's taking too much time away from my family. Um, But at the same time, the other half of my voice is like, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? The station has trouble with staffing. Sarah says they are not able to match the higher pay as nearby towns have. And after taxes are taken out, some employees aren't taking as much home as they need. Two months after I met Sarah, she resigned. She says she was feeling burned out from all of her extra work and she wanted time to be with her family. When she resigned, according to Sarah, five other workers at the station quit. Three weeks later, the station was temporarily closed by the mayor, who said it was because of the lack of staff and not having enough money in the city's budget to keep the station running. Well, I'm
1: going to say, no, no, we don't have a lot of money. Either.
0: At the city hall meeting called by the mayor, Sarah addresses the staffing issue directly with the city council. Whenever... The last four people who quit have decided to pay, 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 and taxes. What that means is that EMS is not a hobby anymore, and the people that do it are professionals, and they expect and need to be compensated as professionals because this is how they support their families. And $10 an hour for someone who spent three years in school and however many years of experience to gain the expertise and knowledge that the last 50 years of innovation and progress has provided is not enough for somebody to drive over here and do that. The problem comes down to money. How much the Rawls EMS brings in depends on residents and insurance payments, and Sarah says they don't receive enough. But we're going to have to take some money from some of the other entities. From- the city council closes the doors to the public and goes into executive session for the next two hours. Residents wait outside in the summer heat for the city council's decision on if the EMS will reopen.
1: Well, welcome everybody back.
0: The residents are everybody summoned back in, in by the city council.
1: We have Bobby Bean now, aboard board with us going to be running the EMS. At this time,
0: the meeting adjourned. And they adjourn within five minutes. The residents seem confused. It is clear there is a new director, but it is not clear if the EMS will reopen. Sarah wants answers. So are the doors back open? Yes. One council member shrugs, but Kim Perez, the city administrator, responds. We can get people on the schedule. Yeah, he said we were Okay, bye. She means the EMS needs staff before it can reopen. Most of the residents stay seated, waiting for a clear answer and the root of the problem to be resolved.
1: We have to fix this. This has to be fixed.
0: Chris Pickering, another former EMS director for Rawls, explains why it's important that they make it work. The patient load of Rawls would fall on the shoulders of the neighboring town of Crosbyton. They're
1: is quickly approaching a day where y'all could call 911 and nobody answers. And I cannot hammer that home enough.
0: Crosbyton's EMS only has one working ambulance and one for backup, so their top priority is their residents. The additional patient volume coming from Rawls would overload their services, as Crosbyton EMS would then be covering the entire county of nearly 6,000 residents.
1: If Rawls folds, it folds the whole system
0: the ripple effect of Rawls losing its EMS could become a heavy burden for Crosbyton. Heading into Crosbyton from Rawls isn't very far. Uh, It's practically down the road. Uh, But the heavy, heavy traffic on the way has not been fun to go through. Crosbyton is about 10 miles away from Rawls and has the nearest hospital, one that takes care of medical needs for surrounding counties.
1: And uh, I gotta be honest with you, I do not know what the long-term... Forecast would be for a Crosbyton. They have a real, real challenge ahead of them. Uh, it's just a real struggle to provide care in those communities.
0: Steve Beck is a spokesman for Crosbyton Clinic Hospital. He says they've reached a challenging time.
1: We have some counties lack physician coverage uh, altogether, uh, and so it's a real challenge. Uh, physician coverage is a challenge. Staffing is a challenge. Uh, the volumes are a challenge. It's hard. It's hard to run a rural community. Beck says a that
0: staffing is always hard, and the pandemic hasn't helped.
1: Yeah, you know, it's just one of those cycles that's caught up with us. It's caught up with us in the pandemic. It has been a tremendous impact on that. And, you know, everyone's been operating at capacity, and there's burnout. There's people leaving the profession.
0: Staffing issues have been growing in recent years, as data from the American Public Media Research Lab show. As of July this year, 228 of Texas's 254 counties were reporting shortages of primary care providers. That was up by 99 counties from just two years before.
1: Uh, but staffing in all in all forms of health care, especially for our rural communities, is a real challenge. Uh, I think in the next two or three years, uh, I, I think we run a real risk. Uh, I think we're going to see a really danger, uh, again, of, of some of our rural hospitals surviving.
0: Remember the town of Rawls and how they were about to lose their EMS station? This is why it's so important for that station to stay open. Steve says that Rawls and Crosbyton have a mutual aid agreement and they answer calls for each other if it's needed. Crosbyton EMS also serves as a transport service to Lubbock.
1: But when you only have one crew, you know, it's on duty and, and, you know, only able to service, uh, basically put one ambulance in service at a time, You know, you put a strain on a community. Uh, If an ambulance is off doing a transfer uh, and a 911 call comes in, you know, if if there's no service available, there's no service available.
0: Since 2019, some services have been reduced at Crosbyton Clinic Hospital, and the amount of open hospital beds they have has also gone down from 25 to 2. A decrease in hospital beds is a trend all over Texas. Our reporting shows that since 2005, Texas has lost 880 hospital beds. That's the most in the country. Crosbyton struggles with low patient volume. So Beck says that the changes that happened were made out of survival. The
1: changes that were made... Uh, were made out of necessity uh, to keep the doors open and to keep services flowing. We weren't able to maintain all those services. Uh, we had to make some decisions on what services were most important, um, what we, we felt like in the community at the time.
0: Even though healthcare in rural Texas continues to get stripped down, it's still a service that Texans are fighting to keep.
1: The chair lays out Senate Bill 170
0: and... In March of 2019, State Senator Charles Perry spoke to the Senate Committee on Health and Human Services about the issue of rural health care.
1: Members, I've got 39 rural health care hospitals in my district. I'm the largest of the 361. I have 39. It's safe to say that 10 of those will no longer be open by the time we come come back next session, possibly more.
0: Senator Perry, a Republican from Lubbock, spoke in favor of Senate Bill 170, a bill that would lead to a new reimbursement framework for rural hospitals participating in Medicaid programs. The state senator was right. Several sources we've spoken with on the issue have pointed to the low reimbursement rates as part of their problems, including Don Macbeth. Before his recent retirement, he was the director of government relations at the Texas Organization of Rural and Community Hospitals, or TORCH.
1: My name is Don McBeth. I'm with the Texas Organization of Rural and Community Hospitals, and we represent the remaining 161 rural hospitals in the state of Texas.
0: McBeth spoke at that same Texas State Senate hearing, but had to get something out of the way first.
1: And Senator Perry, rarely would I correct a state senator in a public forum. You said you have 39 rural hospitals. Uh, You forgot one of them closed in July, so you have 38.
0: Crosbyton Hospital is one of those 38. He's been keeping an eye on Crosbyton's situation. As we know, the hospital reduced its services and patients are often transported to Lubbock.
1: What they have done is they have made some really tough decisions that were probably not overly popular in the community. Um, They they really are doing much less than than they used to, but but it's survival for them.
0: Part of the problem in Crosbyton, like most rural towns, is the state's high uninsured rate. The APM research lab's look at the U.S. Census Bureau data shows that Texas has an uninsured rate of 21%, the highest in the country. That means one out of every five Texans are uninsured.
1: Which is pretty mind-boggling.
0: For all of those uninsured people, the bridge to affording health care is through Medicaid, which is supposed to be covering the patient's fees. But because Texas hasn't expanded Medicaid coverage, data from Torch shows that Texas rural hospitals lose about $110 million a year. Macbeth says that under those conditions, any other business would be struggling too.
1: If you had a hardware store and the federal government required that hardware store to sell goods, nuts, bolts, and tools to everybody that came in the door, whether they pay or not, and that one out of four people coming in the door is going to take whatever, but they're not going to pay you. You can't stay in business very long. That's the environment rural hospitals are operating in.
0: He says it's also a big challenge to reopen a hospital once it's closed. But even with the odds stacked against them, our research did take us to one area that was willing to try. In the final part of the other Texas drought, we visit Van Zandt County. There, one man is on a mission to bring health care back to this rural East Texas community. I
1: think God chose me to start turning around hospitals, and that's what I started doing.
0: Stay tuned for our next episode on The Other Texas Drought.